0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Please be seated. For some reason this year, I've been noticing the nutcracker everywhere. The nutcracker, the performance, not the tool, of course. From school assemblies to Lincoln Center, It seems like I have friends and family who've been attending Nutcracker performances. One I missed that some of you may have seen has evidently been going on for years, the so-called Yorkville Nutcracker. It played at the K Theater at Hunter College, and it's set in New York in the 1890s and features landmarks that we know and love. Let's go next year. There's an abbreviated one-hour nutcracker. There's a hip-hop nutcracker. There's a puppet version of the nutcracker. And then there's the body burlesque version known as the nutcracker rouge. I won't ask who's seen that one. I think one reason I've noticed so many nutcrackers around, not only because of their popularity, but noticing this creative retelling of that old story of a little girl and an evil mouse king and a nutcracker that becomes a handsome prince. I think I've been noticing in part because I've been wishing the real Christmas story could be portrayed and enacted and sung and danced with so much acclaim and fun and energy. I think our Christmas story makes for great ballet or any dance, really. And especially in today's gospel, I think of Joseph. Joseph, the the father of Jesus, as entering the story, serving his role, and then exiting with the grace and precision of a gifted dancer. Think about it. Joseph comes on stage, He plays his part fully and devotedly, and then he exits quietly so that others might shine. Mary, of course, has the leading role with her yes that reverberates throughout history and makes possible our salvation. But Joseph shows up when he doesn't have to. Scripture tells us that Mary and Joseph were betrothed, and this meant a lot more in their day than it does now. In their day and their culture, a betrothal was as good as a marriage. It was, it was part one in the eyes of the law, and so it counted in this two-step marriage agreement. Once betrothed, promises had been made, promises that Joseph could have easily thought Mary perhaps has broken. And so Joseph can be forgiven for thinking about divorcing her quietly and stepping off the scene. But Joseph has a dream. Do not fear. Do not fear as God irritatingly says over and over and over again. God only says it because people are afraid, right? Do not fear, God says to Moses. God says to Gideon. Do not fear, God says to Ruth and to David and to Isaiah. Do not fear, the angels say to Elizabeth and eventually to Mary. And so Joseph shows up. He dances on stage, perhaps a little reluctantly at first, a little awkwardly, and maybe taking his time as he approaches Mary but he does move in. He moves in closer in faith and in love. And I imagine that Joseph takes Mary in his arms and they dance. Not much is known about Joseph. Some suggest he was much older and perhaps had been married previously. And that explains why later in scripture, um, Jesus has stepbrothers and stepsisters We know that Joseph was a woodworker, which would have been a steady living. He could provide, he could shelter, he could protect. And so filled with faith, Joseph is able and willing to lead Mary to Bethlehem and then to Egypt for safety and eventually to Nazareth for a home. Joseph is nimble on his feet But then, except for a few references in the scriptures in which people from Nazareth refer to Jesus as Joseph and Mary's son, Joseph is not heard from again. It's as though he enters the stage, brilliantly dances his part, and then bows out gracefully. Most traditions assume that Joseph must have died sometime before the crucifixion because you'll remember it's from the cross that Jesus entrusts his mother into the care of his friend John and vice versa. There would have been no need or reason for that had Joseph still been alive. Though the Christmas story of Mary and Joseph and Jesus is told and retold in many forms, if it were a dance, I think we could all learn a little bit from Joseph's role Joseph shows up when he's asked to, without regard for fear, without worry of being ridiculed by his friends or family or community, but with a faith in God's will and God's way. Are there tasks or responsibilities or opportunities to which God is calling you this season or in the new year? Secondly, Joseph provides and cares and offers and supports, careful never to make it all about himself, but to support others in their roles. How might God be calling you to continue to do the hard thing, to show up, to do the unpopular thing, the very thing that you know is holy, but might lead to ridicule or misunderstanding by others? And finally, Joseph certainly knows how and when to bow out gracefully, allowing others to do their part to grow and to flourish and to fill the stage with their life. Is there some area or some thing that perhaps God is inviting you to, to release, to step back from so that someone else might shine a little more? Joseph is a model for humility in its best sense. He's he's strong and confident and knows who he is, and yet doesn't overthink it or overdo it or overplay the role. As wonderful as Joseph can seem as an artful dancer, as a father, as a husband, one of the things that attracts me so deeply to Joseph is his humanity. He's entirely and utterly human. W.H. Auden gets at this beautifully in his great poem, For the Time Being, often nicknamed the Christmas Oratorio. There's a whole section of that poem subtitled, The Temptation of Joseph. And in it, Auden imagines how Joseph must have been tempted to divorce Mary, to, to leave town, to refuse to be part of this, whether it's God's plan or not. Auden imagines Joseph hearing the gossip about Mary and beginning to wonder. And so a chorus whispers in Joseph's ear, Mary may be pure, but Joseph, are you sure? How is one to tell? Suppose, for instance, well... And so Joseph goes off by himself to sit and to ponder and to pray. And he prays. How then am I to know? Father, are you just? Give me one reason. But the angel Gabriel tells Joseph a simple no. And so Joseph prays again, All I ask is one important and elegant proof that what my love had done was really at your will and that your will is love. But Gabriel speaks for God again. No, Joseph, you must believe. Be silent and sit still. And so it ends up that Joseph's dance is probably not perfectly smooth or overly rehearsed. It's improvised like ours. This faithful dance of St. Joseph and Mary, the mother of Jesus, is more like ours than not, lacking perfect choreography, less than optimal lighting, never enough time for rehearsing or planning, and yet faithful to the calling of God, stumbling and all. May we learn to dance and live a little more like St. Joseph this season, discerning when and where it is for us to come in to help another person and when to step back, all the while feeling free to improvise, to trip, to be clumsy, to fall, and to rise again so that we too may know the fullness of God's coming into this world this Christmas. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen.